Well, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Give me just a second to pull up my notes and we will get going. Well, good afternoon, as I've just said. Uh, so today I'm going to be speaking from 1 John 4, 7 to 11. So first of all, I'm going to read that and then we're going to jump right in. So this is 1 John 4, 7 to 11. So it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest amongst us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. I don't know if you've noticed this about the book of 1 John, but I think his writings are a little bit like a washing machine. Bear with me. Bear with me. He spins his main themes throughout the letter, circling them round and round to really drive his points home. And this comes across really well when you work through the first book of uh, First John in an expository series, or, or you work through verse by verse, or phrase by phrase. Um, we seem, as we've been working through this book, to jump around a little bit. You know, one week we're talking about walking in the light. And then we're talking about false teachers. And then we're talking about the Antichrist. And then we're talking about false teachers. And then we're talking about the love of God. And then we're talking about false teachers. And then we're talking about the Antichrist again. And it seems to, seems to just circle around just that little bit. Uh, so we're, we're more than halfway through. And maybe you did this at the start. Or maybe you didn't. What I'd really like to encourage each and every one of you to do is to find an afternoon, get a big old mug of tea, and maybe a few chocolate-coated malted milks, which are hands down the best chocolate-coated biscuit in the world, and read the book of First John from start to finish. And when you do this, you'll really start to notice these themes that John is weaving in throughout First John. You know, working through John... Uh, as we are doing an expository series, is so good because we get to microanalyze each and every verse and we get to pull from each and every verse what, what John is trying to say. And that's so good because we're getting all the nourishment we possibly can from each and every God-inspired word in this book. But sometimes doing expository series, we can... We, we sometimes miss the overarching themes in this book. So I, honestly, I really encourage you to sit down and to read 1 John again from start to finish. And you really will see how he's weaving these, these themes together to create this message that he wants to get through to us. And uh, we're going to talk about two of those themes today uh, in this little passage that we're looking at. The first of, of that is uh, love. So um, uh, when, when they asked Jesus when, um, 
one of the disciples asked Jesus uh, what the greatest commandment was in the law. He said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. The second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It is love. So it's the first theme. And the, the second theme that we're going to be touching on today is our assurance or our proof of salvation. So let's jump in. Uh, as usual for me, I find that the best way that I do this is to just divide up the little portion of scripture that I have and work through each of those little subdivisions. So we've got four little sections that we're going to work through. So bear with me. It shouldn't take us too long. So number one, our first little section. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Interestingly, in chapter 2 of the same book, 1 John, uh, John writes this, Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And we kind of see how he was weaving this point of love throughout the whole book. But let's look at this section. Beloved, let us love one another. And uh, I can't tell if he did it to be sneaky or because he was having a little joke. But that first word, beloved, He's kind of giving them a little clue in what he's talking about. He's saying, beloved, or you who are loved, let us love one another. Let us abide, for love is from God. Uh, and in this little section, I want to point out uh, a particular phrase. He says, uh, love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God. Has been Apart from being a, a coffee brand that roasts coffee and that is fantastic, uh, we're going to put that off to the side and we're going to talk about that has-been bit. I can see Graham is getting the most excited. I've seen him in a long time. Uh, now we're talking about the Bible and coffee. Bam. But no, I want to talk about has-been. Those who love have already been born of God. And this is something that we've already spoken about in first john but i want to i want to bring it again and it's the idea of where we love from it's the idea of where we do the works of christ what god's called us to do from um i, I think I, I mentioned this in the last preach i did or the one before and i know graham certainly has um but i want to uh talk about the 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 equation of where love or, or good works or what God has called us to do as Christians falls into salvation. So we have God who, who wakes our hearts, he breathes life into our hearts and we have faith in him. So we have faith and it is that faith that equals us being born of God. So it is that faith that equals our salvation. It is faith in God that saves us. God wakes our hearts to him. He breathes life into our lungs so that we can know him. And in turn, we have faith in him. And it is that faith that makes us 
born again. It makes us born of God, as it says. Now, it is because we are born again that we love. We love because we are born again. Christ calls us to love. John is telling us that we are to love. And we love from this place of being born of God. We must not fall into the trap of thinking we must love to be saved or we must do what we are told to do to be saved. You know, we must put off sin. We must love one another. We must act humbly and patient and kind to be saved. We must not fall into the trap of thinking this, that we love from a place of being born again. We, as we are born again, we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And it is that that we are, as we are sanctified, we love. So another thing that we have in this little section, he says, whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And in, in, the, in our previous week, Graham was talking about false teachers, another theme that John likes to weave through the book of First John. Um, and we are, we are told to test or discern uh, about teachings. And, and, and how do we do this? Well, here John gives us one of those tests. The Christian, the, the one who is born of God, um, they love. But the one who is not born of God does not love. It's interesting how he ties this in. And this ties into one of our themes, which is the assurance of salvation, that the Christian will love. And God is love. And in a second, we're going to differentiate between what that love is, because it's not necessarily the same love that you had when you were 17 and you went on holiday to Spain and you had a little fling. So... Let's move on. What? <laughs> I love you, my darling. I'm sorry. Um, let's move on to the, the next one. In this, the love of God was made manifest amongst us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So as I say, let's take a sec to talk about love and what is meant by love. Well, as we've already established, it's not the romantic kind of love, uh, nor is it that of a deep friendship, because those are represented by totally different Greek words. This is agape love. Did I say that right, Graham? sound. This is agape love. And John gives us the ultimate example of agape love. He says that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In my last preach, I spoke about what it means to be in Christ, to be children of God. We have the Holy Spirit. We are heirs of all things. We have spiritual gifts. We are the light and salt of the earth. And he sent his own son into the world, knowing that he would be killed, knowing that he would be crucified so that we could live in Christ. And this 
is the ultimate act of love. This is the love that we are to love one another with. It is the gospel. God sees it all. He sees every moment. He sees every choice. He sees every thought. He knows every single thing about you. And yet, he sent his only son to die for you. This is the gospel. This is love. That no matter how bad I am, no matter what I've done, no matter what I've thought, no matter what I've done, God still chooses me. And there is a truth that I will have to answer for every single every single thought that I've had, every moment, every choice that I've made, I will have to stand and answer for. Apart from the fact that God sent his only begotten son into the world and that that world crucified him. And as he lay on that cross with nails in his hands and nails in his feet, he bore the sins of everyone who believed in him, believes in him. He bore it all. And instead of me standing on that day of judgment, having to account for each and every one of my sins, Jesus stands in my place and I am acquitted of everything. This is love. This is love. Uh, The other example that he gives of this agape love, he says, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. Us and sent his own son to be the propitiation for our sins. The real miracle is not that we love him. It's not that, that he has awakened our hearts so that we love him. It's that he loves us in the first place. It's that he has made us and he has chose us and he wants to glorify himself through us. This is love. This is love. So let's move on to the third bit. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. It's love, it's agape, it's a special kind of love as shown in 1 Corinthians 13, which says, and I'm sure you all know it or had it read on your wedding day or whatever. It says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And this is the kind of love that John is instructing us about. Uh, Commentator Peter Pett says... It is a noble love. It is an attitude that intends well to its brothers, even when the brother is totally undeserving or is totally the opposite of what appeals to us. It is a mutual oneness based on being in the light and in fellowship with God. It is a holy love. And uh, later on in his writings about this verse, uh, he says, Thus, when the Christian's love for one another is compared with love as it is in God, it is thinking of love within the kingship of light, within the sphere of God's light. 
It is a pure love, a holy love. Its concern is for the true well-being of others, for their holiness, for their being made pure. It rejoices in righteousness. It strives to achieve righteousness for those within the sphere of that love. That is the love being described here. It is far from being a love that is indulgent towards men, however they behave. So we ought to love one another. We are the body of Christ. And as Christ loves us and has loved us, we love one another in the same way. It's not a romantic love or even a potentially affectionate love, but a deep love for all of those in Christ, a love that would die for one another. Uh, In the Gospel of John, in uh, chapter 15, verses 13, it says, No greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. This is the love that we we love each other with as, as brothers and sisters in Christ. We love each other with this same agape love. So let's move on to the last little section of this passage. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. It's incredible that John finishes this little section with such a statement. If if we are to love one another, God abides in us and love is perfected in us. So he says, no one has seen God. Uh, Back in the Old Testament, when when asked what God's name was, his answer was that words could not hold or capture the greatness of God's name and character. So they, he could answer only with the, the holy name, Yahweh, which literally translates to mean he is who he is. There are no words that could de- ex- describe him or explain him or that would describe and explain him in an accurate way. So when, when asked his name, there was no name that he could give because it would, it would be false. It would be lying about God. You could say that he is good, but that word good is nowhere near good enough to explain how good God actually is. So, yeah, that's what we're left with, this name. And then... In the New Testament, we have Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, who comes to reveal the Father on his time on earth and throughout the passion, his death and his resurrection. And now, John says, God abides in us through the Holy Spirit in our love for one another, and his love is perfected in us. It says, no one has ever seen God, and then, If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. We were made in God's image and now through the ultimate example of love, he abides in us and his love is perfected in us. We are his ambassadors. We are his light in the darkness. We are to love one another for we are reflections. We are mirrors of, of God's loves, of God's love. I love, there's a, a song by Phil Wickham, I think, called Sun and Moon, maybe. Um, and I can't remember the lyrics and I didn't look them up. But it's something about 
um, it's something about the moon has no light itself, but during the night it shines brightly, reflecting the fearsome light of the sun. And if God is the sun, we want to be like the moon. We want to be reflecting this, this beautiful, fearsome light that God shines out. We have no, no brightness ourselves, but we are a reflection. We are a mirror. We are to be the moon, bright with God's love. So, let's summarize our, our two points, our two major themes that John's been spinning through, through this passage. Number one, we are to love one another with this agape love. And what is this love? Well, it's the love that Christ has demonstrated to us by dying on a cross. It is sacrificial. It is all-encompassing. It runs deeper than anything else. We are to love one another. We are to love our brothers and sisters in Christ because that is God represented. It is his love perfected in us. It is us being like the moon next to the sun. And the second theme that he's woven through is this idea of assurance that the Christian does love and the Christian loves from this place of being born again. The Christian does not strive to love because he or she feels like they have to, because they must do to be saved. We must not strive for these things, but we recognize that part of the journey of being sanctified, part of the journey of being transformed by the renewing of our mind is God working through us, the Holy Spirit inside of us, doing these things, loving each other. And, and we also know that those who are not born of God will not love with this love. I'm not saying they won't love completely, um, but they won't love with this deep agape love. They won't love with this deep, sacrificial love, the love that God has shown us, even though we were so undeserving. Uh, so uh, to close, as our, our final little exercise, um, I wanted to do a thing that's a little bit cheesy, but I kind of love it, so we're going to do it anyway. And we're going to read 1 Corinthians 13, but wait for it. Instead of saying love, we're going to say our own names. Whoa. Because I don't know about you, but I read this and I think, yes, I'm going to love some people with everything I have. And then it comes to it and life happens. And I'm maybe not the most patient person in the world. And I'm maybe not the kindest person in the world. And I'm maybe a little bit sarcastic. And I do envy and I do boast a little bit. And I am a little bit rude and occasionally a little bit arrogant because I am amazing. So, what I want us to do is to read this, uh, and I want us, it's like a declaration, we're declaring this as Christians, as we are born again, as part of our process of being sanctified, as our time on earth, this is what we are doing. So, are we ready? Yeah, you, my wife can come up, she can tune her guitar. Um, so, is it? Is it on the screeny screen, screen, screen? Uh, I don't have the exact words that you guys have, so I'm sure we'll work it out. So, three, two, one, go. Peter is patient and kind. Peter does not envy or boast. It is, 
is not arrogant or rude. Peter does not insist on its own way. Peter is not irritable or resentful. Peter does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Peter bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Amen. I almost said Graham halfway through that because Graham was saying it so loudly. But yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly pray to finish. So Father, I thank you that you've called us to love and that we love out of this place, not through striving, not because we feel like we ought to or we have to, but because we are being sanctified and we are born again. We are born of God, not of our old self. We thank you that you have given us the ultimate, ultimate example of this love that we've been talking about, that you died on a cross for us. And we thank you. We love you. And we love one another. We love you. I love you. Amen.